Welcome to the Akiyama Brothers Song to Screen Podcast, where two film composers from Southern California talk about the music in film and theater. Today, we're talking about VR, not just for plain old left and right stereo. Mark and Landon explore the wide 360-degree world of music and virtual reality. They talk about some of the first exploratory films being created today, new techniques that are breaking the mold, as well as what new possibilities VR offers for music. See, Hi, Landon. Hi, How's Mark. How's it going? So, recording the intro isn't as easy as it looks, is it? And that was pretty easy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, did I look stiff or something? Not all of us could be a one-take Tammy, all right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who Tammy is, but... Uh, uh, it's... It, 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 I'm a... Uh, nothing goes with Mark. We'll think of that later. A single marker Mark? I don't know. Well, anyway... Matchbox, well, I don't, that means okay. That, that you're, anyway. That's terrible. <laughs> just anyway, how stop. are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing really well. I just got off of spring break. Um, yeah. yeah, that was fun. There's a there's a story there, but <clears throat> I don't want to hear it. Yeah, you don't want to hear about the bed bugs. Um, so how about? Oh, gross! Yeah, let's not talk about that <laughs> on the radio. What's new with you? Uh, a lot of, lot of stuff, sort of. Uh, a lot of it I can't talk about. Oh. It's all still up in the air, so nothing's finalized yet. And so, but if I can share stuff with you guys in a couple weeks, I will definitely do that and let you know what's been going on. That sounds good. I'm pretty excited. So, it's so a, hopefully, we'll see. Is that like what? CIA stuff? Yes. <laughs> I'm currently being enlisted as the new James Bond. Oh, sure. I thought that was going to be Idris Elba. Even though I'm not British. <laughs> uh, I'm probably too tall for the cars. No, I think you might not be tall enough. Daniel Craig, isn't he's like your he's like your height. Idris Elba. Yeah, he's a shrimp, isn't he? I don't know, but Idris Elba, he's he's well, really tall. He's on the list, and he's pretty tall. Yeah. Um. But anyway, hmm. Mark, don't you have a show coming up? It's like tonight or something, right? Oh yeah, I got a concert tonight. We're playing, um, playing in one of the orchestras here, La Jolla Symphony. We're doing Carmina Burana with a full choir and everything. So yeah, wow. But uh, before that, wanted to record a podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, keeping keeping you busy, <laughs> brother. Uh, yeah. so also, also, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter and you want to, go ahead. It's right on our website, uh, akiyamamusic.com. Um, that's just a little bit more information about the podcast episode this week. Uh, what Mark and I are up to, I promise I'll keep the bed bugs out of there. Um, and then also with links to everything, all of our, all of the research that we've done and a few other cool goodies. Uh, just another way for us to say thank you to all of our great audience members. You guys are doing a really fantastic job just reviewing the podcast we have some great yeah we have some really nice reviews yeah, we have you, some really nice reviews a lot of them are five stars thank you very much if there's anything that you want us to improve or do better just let us know um, we have some great ones from like Jesse J7 she says it's so interesting learning about the instruments used and that lots of them were recorded in Africa for the Black Panther episode oh, another yeah, one episode. yeah Moppy C it was so much fun to hear the chemistry between the two brothers and their passion for music oh, and movies. They as, well, it sounds like they all think we're well informed, so that's good. 
They also seem to think we're brothers. I don't know where they got that idea from. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the title gave it away? Yeah, we should put out a question asking which one they think is the cooler brother. Oh, no, no. And then, no, we should do... First one to answer that review will win a prize. We don't know what, but you will. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be an exclusive behind the scenes to one of Mark's concerts or maybe something like that. Yeah, probably not. Oh, and also another news, our Black Panther episode, episode four, is currently the most popular. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how that happens. I don't know what analytics um, iTunes uses for that, but that's good. So thank you, everybody who listened. Yeah. Each episode's getting more popular. Let's keep it up. Yep. Well, I guess that's our on our part. So we'll try to make <laughs> yeah. sure we keep doing that for you. <laughs> yeah. Keep giving you fun episodes. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, are we ready to... Should we move on to what we're doing today? Yeah, this is a really fun episode. We're going to be talking about virtual reality. Yes. Uh, so I've been waiting for this one. Yeah, me too. I, this one was kind of one that I never thought about doing. Um, I, There's just, just so much to talk about, that's why. It's a lot. And one of the things that really helps, uh, I think, whittle down story and into a tangible, you know, digestible form is Google Spotlight Stories. Their platform is probably one of the best that I've seen. I really like what they're doing. Um, yeah, they're one of the most popular. Um, they've done, and that the whole team at Google Spotlight Stories has really knocked this one out of the park. They produce kind of uh, short stories, usually two to six minutes long. Um, and we're going to be talking like over about eight, eight different short stories now. I think they're up to maybe 10. No, no, I think there's a lot. 10 or nine, nine or 10 or something like that. And then there's also the Within app um, that you can download on iOS and Android, I think. Same with Google Spotlight. It's a, it's a little app that you download on either iPhone or Android or whatever phone. And then you get access to all the the virtual virtual reality stories that they've done so far yeah and then they just keep adding to those so for google spotlight stories we're going to be talking about duet directed by directed and animated by glenn keen uh son of jaguar directed by jorge gutierrez sonaria directed by the poland music group pollen pollen music group my bad and then from the within app we're going to talk about hallelujah and then we're going to do another one um We'll talk about some other ones, but yeah. Yeah. And then also some exploratory concepts. So let's start with the Google Spotlight Stories, Mark. Um, yeah, they have a lot of animation stuff. Yeah. Was Duet? Duet wasn't their first one. No, no. I think it uh, was. They did a few before that. A few really uh, preliminary stuff. What was it called? It was, was called. The one about the frog? No, it was the one about the wind. Uh, yeah. uh wind and wind and leaves i forget the wind name. and leaves something uh, like that blah, 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 it was blah. one about the little rat trying to catch his hat oh yeah windy yeah. day it was called windy day windy day directed by jan pinkova who's like the director of this google spotlight stories yeah mm-hmm. oh and also hey if you guys are in the alhambra california area um I think in April, Google Spotlight Stories, they're launching a book and they're having a book launch in Alhambra. We'll have the information in the show notes if you want to check that out. Mm, did not know that. Yeah, but that that looks like it's going to be fun and I would like to go to that. They're also giving away the book and free signings. So maybe Glenn Keane will be there. We're big fans of Glenn Keane and not. animation. 
yeah which we'll be talking mm-hmm. about later so if we talk too much about animation just uh steer us back a little bit right anyway so we should <laughs> so let's explain vr a little bit so vr virtual re- there's a couple types of vr um virtual reality augmented reality mixed reality and then i think like they now have a catch-all term uh i think they use xr as the catch-all term for all those um so augmented reality is anything like the uh the pokemon go game whatever where you where you super yeah you basically superimpose a digital image into real life Um, yeah through your phone's camera and stuff yeah uh and then virtual reality is everything is you're not seeing anything live like through your camera it's all a a movie pretty much they kind of put you in a in a new world an interactive world yeah but the point of it is it kind of eliminates the the director sort of from the equation where it puts the viewer in charge of what to look at and the camera so you can move around in this space and look any direction you want and then uh, whatever cues you see like a butterfly flying past or whatever you'll follow it or if you hear a sound on the left you could turn to the left and see what's over there um but yeah most of the oh yeah that's right all these kind of things all these kind of vr movies work best if you're listening through headphones uh to give you the The 360 degree yeah basically the 360 degree fully immersive experience that this vr yeah offers um yeah because really if your phone stereo speakers, if you have your phone does have stereo speakers, which I'm doing quotes because really it's not stereo it per se, it's just two speakers, dual speakers. They don't they don't do a good job of separating the audio between right and left, forward and back. Kind of um virtually putting you in a space. It doesn't create the audio space for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um which is pretty essential for these kind of VR films and stuff. So I guess let's start with Google Spotlight Stories. I have this little blurb that I'm just going to read about what Google Spotlight Stories are and what they do. So they began in July 2013 with Windy Day, and it's a form of storytelling made specifically for mobile and VR. In these 360-degree interactive stories, viewers' phones become a window to a world all around them. Um, So Hmm. Google's kind of created this Spotlight SDK or like software development kit, but they actually call it a story development kit, including uh, kind of story editors, real-time rendering engine, customizable shaders, lighting tools, and 3D audio pipeline with eventual hopes to put that out in the world for artists and creators to use and kind of their own little, um, little kit, right, to make their own virtual reality stories. So... The director, Jan, uh, Jan Pinkovic, I think is his name, uh, he came from Pixar, and Google picked him up for their advanced technology and prototyping company, I think. Um, I think that's a, the name. It, its acronym is ATAP. Um, and so he kind of describes it, when you're in traditional movies, you're expecting to be told a story. In VR, though, you're actually viewing what happens around you, so you're in an in an immersed world and you have this natural inclination to be influenced by the story um, or even influence the story like games so that's kind of what VR is and he describes it as 
an R and D space to pioneer something that focuses on story. Yeah. So it's really so cool. So the stuff, yeah, the stuff being made now is still really early. Um, people pushing the technology to see what they can get away with, what's possible, how far you can stretch like a listener's or a visual whatever. Right. Like how much is too much for somebody to take in while they're listening from all sides or and focusing on everything and turning and how far can you push that without making them like feel sick or disoriented or <laughs> get annoying or um yeah also what kind of like what types of stories or what different types of stories you can use to to or you can use VR to tell yeah so a lot of these stories they the directors that they got or the creators the content creators um Google Spotlight stories they asked them to kind of create whatever they wanted to without boundaries and that in turn by pushing the artists those artists pushed the technology forward so it just with each story and each iteration it got better and better um to where we are kind of today where it's still not quite there yet to be released as a full kit for content creators but it's getting closer and now we're in kind of the beginning phase yeah so it's going to start taking off yeah so speaking of like Pushing kind of the boundaries. Let's start with duet. Duet. Yeah, let's start okay. with duet, which Sorry, was the big one. Yeah, the big okay. one. Um, it was directed and animated by Glenn Keane with Google ATAP Advanced Technology and Projects. That's what it is: Advanced Technology and Projects ATAP. Um, so Glenn Keane, he was the animator at Walt Disney Animation Studios for feature films. Um, one of the animators. He's a big character designer and animator. He. Uh, animated uh ariel from the little mermaid yeah uh the beast created and animated the beast and beauty and the beast along with his team of course um tarzan worked on aladdin tarzan Uh animated tarzan yeah oh he also Uh, did rapunzel rapunzel Mm -hmm. he's a big character designer in that and an early development guy for that he was actually he was supposed to direct that one too i think but yeah um, well he was like the directing animator um yeah. So he uh, he controlled the look and feel of all these characters that we grew up with. I feel a connection to Glenn Key just because I have a connection. I feel like a I have a connection to the Beast, Aladdin, maybe Ariel too. I find things in the water that I like to keep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so do it anyway. Yeah. The music for it we'll talk about in a second. But um, so this the the premise for this is it follows. Uh, two characters uh, a boy and a girl and they grow up as they grow up and there's a dog also so kind of <laughs> like three characters three characters I guess but the <laughs> dog pretty much stays with the kid with the boy um, so the 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 thing with this one is you're it's all 2D hand drawn right and you're you can choose which character to follow at which point in the story and so the characters all kind of, the two characters, the boy and the girl, they cross paths a lot. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of chances to switch to watch the boy or switch to going from watching the boy to watching the girl to follow her. This And so she's a little ballerina and he's like an uh, adventurous kind of guy climbing on rocks and yeah. jumping on trees and playing with his dog and 
surfing, I think, at one point and surfing, stuff like that. Skateboarding, rock climbing. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff. And the girl grows up um, pursuing her dream of becoming a ballerina and mm-hmm. they uh, they cross cross paths and then uh, eventually end up together. Right. But so So like the way you, you mentioned this earlier, how they kind of cross yeah. paths and the viewer, who, whoever's holding the phone, gets to choose which character to follow. So yeah. the boy, he always moves from screen right to screen left, and the girl always moves from screen left to screen right. So mm-hmm. it, they kind of move in a circle, and it creates, it creates a yeah. double helix kind of story where they're always mm-hmm. crossing paths, and like you said, Mark, you can choose to watch to follow a different one each time they cross paths. Um, or just follow one and then follow the other the next time you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they also came out with a theatrical version of this, yeah. of this short and where it mostly follows Mia, the little girl um, as she's growing. And it was a really good theatrical short, but you miss a lot of the, a lot of the story because you're only seeing one of the three stories. I'm including the dog, by the way. Okay, fine. <laughs> as a character. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So this was, this was a really really beautiful story. And if you're just getting into VR, I would suggest start with this. It's a good introductory one. Yeah, um, to watch because it really it's really beautiful. Yeah, and that's just how we kind of got introduced to it. Yeah, yeah, and just from a technical perspective, I'm blown away how how well they did, like transforming Glenn Keane's 2D animation into a 3D virtual reality world that we can interact with or follow at least. Um, yeah, but the thing with... They didn't transform anything. Like, those drawings you're watching, those are his drawings yeah. mapped out into the 3D sphere kind of space that they created. And then yeah. all the um, all the backgrounds he did also. And because he's such a, like a skilled perspective and talented animator, like from a his perspectives and everything he moves the camera in really cool ways so you're like climbing up the tree with the kid or uh like falling down the waterfall yeah um yeah spinning around with the characters and his his use of camera works really really good for vr Uh and uh so it gives you chances to like use your phone and look up into the sky or look down and everything not just like panning and following yeah left and right the characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this story kind of one challenging go ahead mark what i just wanted to say that this story came out of glenn keen leaving disney animation studios so he spent i think um 40 years there about 40 years at disney animation studios and he was looking for something else to do um kind of where where can he take his skills in animation and so the google spotlight stories people they they came to glenn and they asked him to do something and he was like well what's the catch and they were like well you know there's not really a catch um it's, you you can really do whatever you want so he spent three <laughs> weeks with an working on an idea really following the prescribed path for creating a story like writing the conflict of the character what the character wants at beginning middle and end until you know that that process didn't really work for this VR short. Um, so he had to, like his, his son and, and a colleague of his, they just encouraged him just to start animating, just have the, 
kind of have the story find itself really and oh okay he kind of he really created like something worth watching and it's only three three four minutes long and i'm it's one of the best it's so VR. Yeah, yeah it's one of the best vr stories that i've ever seen um, and a lot of that has to do with the music they they made for it which i'll get to in a second yeah um but if you want to take, talk about the technical side about vr we're going to talk about the tech for a little bit too to get kind of provide some background yeah. um uh, let me see the yeah so the they said google google hardware runs at 60 frames per second for the the vr software and everything so what that means for every second of film you have 60 different um we'll say pictures or frames so traditionally film runs at 24 frames per second so for every second a film you see there's 24 photos or shots or whatever whatever you want to call it depending on what like 24 stills still images yeah Yeah. so traditional film runs at 24 frames per second and glenn keen he said one of the early challenges he had was going from only having to think of 24 different uh drawings for each second of film he now has has to fill 60 frames or 60 drawings for each second of film and he's been like trained to think of 24 for 40 years and and that and all the the timing and movement and spacing that has to go with that so adding all those extra frames to 60 frames per second was Mm. he said a little challenging but then eventually he realized that's i have all these more additional frames to convey an action so why wouldn't you want that which means it's it gives you a chance to create smoother animation or more uh uh to describe an action a lot better yeah so the eye isn't filling in as much stuff as it normally would for 24 frames. Mm-hmm. But that's just a little uh yeah, a little I, animation nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it flows really well cuz Glenn Keane, he doesn't really do fine um fine lines, you know? He kind of it's it's more of a uh, what do you call it? It's a rough kind of yeah. It's it's a rough kind of kind of rough kind of image imagery um, for this, Not exactly for this animation. Up, yeah, yeah. So when you have sixty of those per second, it creates a really nice kind of really nice flow between the character shapes and bodies and how they move. Yeah, and he does so many cool tricks where he like morphs things. Yeah, uh, like or he, like shows the baby growing up into the girl or her yeah. her ballerina skirt growing up or changing into like a full concert dress. Yeah, like it's kind of like the story from a a cell, like a human cell into a baby, into adulthood. Um, and he actually yeah. said that he he had that floating baby idea for a while, for like a few years. It was something that he animated late at night um, and he had no idea what to oh. use it for until like this opportunity with Google Stories presented itself. And uh, he was yeah. like, he was like, it works. It's cool. <laughs> it's a really good concept for VR. Yeah, it works really perfectly. Mm-hmm. And because it's animation, it just looks. I mean, come on, who doesn't so like two D animation? So yeah. yeah, 
we're really pushing for 2D animation right now. Actually, speaking of which, side note, I you remember that desk I was telling you about, Landon, the tabletop desk with the animation disc and stuff? Yeah, the tabletop, uh-huh. Yeah, I ordered it, so it's supposed to come in a couple days or you got six it. days or so. So okay. I'm super excited. Nice. Because <laughs> I've been trying to do, um, like, 2D hand-drawn paper animation, so yeah, and that's just for fun to add to our for, music and everything. Mm-hmm. But Like, for fun and for kind of our own projects that we have in the works. So, anyway... Um, so let's talk about the music. Yes. Uh, Paul and Music Group did the music for this. And what's really cool is you were talking about it starts out from the first cell, mm-hmm. the actual the actual drawing. Yeah. The first cell going from a cell to a baby to adulthood and to making her dreams come true and everything like everybody wants. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that cell, it looks a lot like the instrument that it's playing or that it that they use in the score. Oh, yeah, it does. called... A hang drum. It's a percussion instrument. Yay, go percussion. <laughs> <laughs> and so it ha- it's a circle and then it has all these little hammered out um, dimples? Smaller circles okay. that fill up the bigger circle. This is a I have no idea how to explain this. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like Unless a series. See, I have one I it's have a one series right of here, circles. But, um, you know. Yeah. So here, I have one right here. Um, obviously. So it sounds like that. It's uh, closely related to like a steel drum kind of thing. Um, so it's made out of metal and you, you play it with your hands, your fingers on these notes. And you get a kind of... Um, magical kind of dreamy yeah cloud like sound out of it is it close um, to a steel drum yeah i said that okay sorry i wasn't pay attention Where oh, are you? gosh sorry i was <laughs> dozing off again <laughs> yeah so what they they use this instrument for the score um uh, it's very percussive you can hear the you can hear the fingers hitting the metal and it's a really tactile kind of sound, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this one, they actually, uh, I met Scott Stafford, the music director at Pollen Music Group at a seminar one time. And he said for this one, they actually just focused on stereo audio for this. So it was still, VR was still early. So they didn't do a whole lot of uh, 360 audio for this kind of thing, but mm-hmm. um, their score was really pretty still. Um, yeah. Right. Want me to play a little bit of it? Yes, or please. Just... I would love for you to play it because I can listen okay. to it always.
anyway, so yeah, it goes like that. Um, this is one of the main instruments that they use, and it was uh, worked perfectly for the kind of hand-drawn, tactile look of the of the short. And and it's really cool that they start off the first drawing uh, looks a lot like the Halo drum, yeah, or Hang drum. Halo drum is a, the brand of Halo of Hang drum that I have. So so Halo. That's why I mix makes, up the terms once in a while. Halo makes hang drums. Got it. Halo makes hang drums, and the way the halo drum looks looks like a ring halo that they use in the animation of Duet. <laughs> As the first cell of yeah. one of the characters. Anyway, so like I said, for this this soundtrack, this score, Pollen Music Group, they did it in stereo at the time. Um, for this short, they really focused on the three, or pushing the boundaries of VR in terms of the visuals, and then they kept the the they kept the the film grounded with the music in a standard stereo format and didn't really um try to mix up both techniques just yet because they were really exploring the uh the visual side of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh, definitely check that one out do it on the Google Spotlight stories. Yes. If anything, just look at that one first. Because that will get you... That one will inspire you to no end. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be hooked by then. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh my gosh, what else has Google Stories done? I need to see all everything it's, else. It's Yeah, you've, you've probably seen the short on like YouTube or whatever of just the theatrical version. But when you actually watch it through the app and can move around, it's yeah. really, it's, really cool. It's oh, yeah, nothing like on YouTube. It's nothing like on YouTube. Yeah, and then one. So one thing I d- didn't talk about for the music, they when you are watching it through the app, the way it's supposed to be watched, um, if you <laughs> lose contact with the characters or get lost at any time, the little butterfly shows up. Of course, he's two two D hand drawn, yep. a little butterfly. He flies into the screen, and then um, it guides you back to where the action's happening or where the characters are, and one of the things with that is for the music it kind of goes into a lull and um which is more along the lines of scoring for games where you have a loop sort of thing and a a passage of music that kind of repeats just in case the player is standing in a circle or doing nothing for a while or in this case the audience member yeah so if you get lost what the music had to do was be able to um also at any point come down and um, get you to also follow the butterfly. And then when you do find the action again, the music swells back up and then um, the story continues. Mm-hmm. So that was also one of the challenges they had to do on the music side was what if the audience decides not to look at the characters or gets lost yeah. or disoriented or anything. So how do we get them back? And so that's one of the ways the music drops out, so you know, like, oh wait, the I'm missing something. So mm-hmm. that's one of the techniques they used. Yeah, and also well, anyway, let's move on. While we're talking, while we're talking about how the music changes, though, man, let's also talk about how the music is different in the theatrical version on YouTube. So, like, you kind of have a little bit more musical detail because the YouTube or the um, the theatrical version of this duet short only focuses really on Mia, the little girl. So 
you hear a lot of mm, yeah. a lot more detail in in kind of her, her character movements, how her story flows and and her whole character arc, and the music really more develops that. And also, when you're watching it, the VR experience though, um, the music changes depending on which character you're following. So you hear different kind of tonalities and different um, different techniques. Like you hear glissando. Romeo when she falls, when she trips on a rock, and you hear a little bit different things when Tosh. Oh, that's true, yeah. You know, when Tosh the boy is doing different things. When you're following his storyline yeah. versus her storyline. I don't think the dog yeah. really has any special music. Yeah, <laughs> which a couple of those things you'll miss if you decide to focus on different characters when yeah. you're watching the VR experience. Mm-hmm. So our recommendation is watch both versions multiple exactly. times. And if you want a VR story that just focuses on one character, the son of Jaguar would be that story yeah. for you. Um, that one, it was directed by Jorge Gutierrez. Um, he also did... He's the guy who did Book of Life. Yeah, Book of Life. Which and, is a really cool film. <laughs> and he has this whole thing... He has this whole thing between um, what is macho and what is super macho. Super macho. <laughs> so, like, he he kind of he he looks at it all uh, at life life's choices in a way that you know you you have you have a choice between macho and super macho, the easy way or the hard way, and he always chooses the super macho way. Um, and this story, yeah, something his grandfather told him. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Senor Gutierrez. Um, that's something that the main character, Son of Jaguar, faces uh, in this story. So whether to be macho or super macho, the it takes place um, in Mexico. The Lucha Libre uh, masked wrestlers is the basis of the storyline. Right. So this is wrestler, Lucha Libre wrestler, is a man with one leg and a family. Um, and you find him at this inopportune time. And you get to walk in his shoes using VR. Yeah. So this was another one. The mus- the um, let's see, uh, the the Pollen Music Group scored um, and did the sound design for yeah yeah and sound design like Scott Stafford did the music. Um, the lead recording engineer was J.J. Weisler. They recorded it at Decibel Recording in San Francisco, which is J.J. Weisler's recording studio. Um, also the music and sound production was just all of the Paul and music group, I think. Um, yeah. So this was a really good story too. Yeah. Um, we, we don't exactly have time to go too much into this one, but, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a, that's a fun one. If you like kind of Mexican music and Lucha Libre, Lucho, Lucha Libre. Oh yeah, one of the Lucha things Libre. with the music was they they wanted to push um, like classic mariachi music versus heavy metal music as much as they could and com- contrast those two for the different characters mm. that are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the really cool things that they did with the music. And uh, when you watch the film, you'll be able to see like where they took that and everything. Yeah, between each character. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. And I'm not sure about this one, but I think they did the music also in stereo because uh, they had so many sound effects going on and 
uh, so many visual cues that they, I don't think they did the music in 360 because they thought it would overwhelm the viewer a little bit too much. Yeah. So, yeah. So they had to have something that kept, kept yeah. the viewer grounded. But don't worry, we'll get to the 360 in, in we're coming up to that. Don't worry. Actually, that's next. The scenario. Yeah. Scenario. Uh-huh. So this one, this one, um, it came out before Son of Jaguar in 2017, and it kind of came as an experiment. Yeah. So the Google, um, let's see, the Pollen Music Group is kind of the, I guess, the designated uh, in-house composer. They're like the designated, yeah, the partner of Google Spotlight right, Stories, the, partner the for sound side of the visuals. Mm-hmm. So those two companies work together heavily yeah. on all their projects. So Scott Stafford, he had the idea... Um. Well, what if we, like, what would happen if you have two kind, two kind of different planes, an above water and an underwater, and yeah, how, like, how would that sound above water when when the person is standing upright, the viewer, and what happens if they slouch to get underwater? How would that sound, and how could we kind of make a difference between the two? Um. So yeah, it was it, it's like an experiment because it came internally from the Google team and the, and the pollen team. And then, yeah, it was really led by pollen music group Mm -hmm. and Scott Stafford. One of the things they did was they wanted to keep the visuals really, really simple so they could, uh, experiment, experiment with as much as they could with the sound and the music. Yeah. So what they did was they came up with a teardrop shape, uh, this is also like an animated version or animated story. Mm-hmm. So they came up with a teardrop shape and they base every animal or around this teardrop shape. Uh, there's like frogs, a whale, uh, some birds, fish. It starts out with fish. That's right. So yeah. it goes from really simple shapes to really more uh, complex, like whales, elaborate. Yeah. Whales all mm-hmm. with these, this teardrop shape. Um, and even the environments so, are yeah. created in the teardrop shape too. So yeah, when you're looking at really the backgrounds, environments. they're very simple. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And then, so they play a lot with, uh, like the fish swimming by your ear, and you hear the bubbles go by, and yeah. then you makes you want to turn, obviously. And then, um, so which you can turn now because you're in a virtual reality world, and you can follow that fish literally all the way around you. Yeah, and then and you can look. You can look up and down too, and yeah. the whole world is created. Um, mm. So yeah, so they let's talk about how they, what they did with the music. Okay, right? Yeah, you is can go ahead. I was going to talk a little bit more technically how they mic'd it, but let's start with the music. Oh, okay, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, let's go with that. Okay, That's so what I was talking about. So miking it, since they wanted it to be the music to be like a whole three sixty degrees experience um, and immerse the audience. Um. Who's that? I think J.J. Weisler, yeah, the lead recording engineer, he he decided to do a kind of spherical miking technique to record from the middle out. So they had like a series of microphones in the middle in the center of a room and all the musicians placed around those microphones. So they were yeah. in eff- effectively putting the viewer in the middle of all those musicians and then the Pollen Music Group they would decide where the user would hear each of those instruments depending on how the user was turning, whether up and down, and then you would hear the like, different combinations. Like say, say you have the violin and viola on your right side 
sorry, sorry. Let's let's do this actually in, a, in an orchestra way. You have the viola and the violin on your left side, and then the cello and bass in the middle and on the right. Mm-hmm. So so you would kind of hear more of the violin and viola if you turn to the left, and more of the cello and bass if you turn to the right. Yeah, that was that's just an example though, because yeah. for this one specifically, they. Um, I heard him talk at a, a seminar again, and then so they was talking about Scott Stafford. He was talking about how they tried a bunch of different versions of seating arrangements for the musicians to like have two cellos um, staggered on each side, left and right, have one on each side, and then violins also one on each side because they tried to um, get it to sound balanced enough around the viewer and not sound like it was too heavy on one side or too light on one side. Um, so they didn't exactly use a traditional orchestral orchestral setup. Um, they really messed around with where should we put these instruments, and um, they experimented with how they can affect the sound that way mm-hmm. with these microphones. So yeah, as for the microphones, they one of the, like the the big popular ones today is the uh, the Sennheiser Ambio VR mic setup. It's it's basically it's one microphone but it has or it's one one rig with four i think it's four four different microphones pointed in each direction right um around actually there might be more microphones they have a couple different versions but um yeah so that's the basic the most basic setup of a like a ambio vr microphone uh where it lets you capture all the sound all around um so they use or pollen music group does a lot of developing their own kind of microphone setups and everything so they do a lot of experimenting with how they can capture sound specifically to use for vr because for vr what you want is you want as much um uh you want as many sound sources as possible because so you have more options of what to use later after you shoot the film and everything. Uh, so if you decide to use more atmosphere or ambience, uh, you can do that. Or if you want more uh, a different angle on the cello, or if you want a microphone that was further away from all the other instruments to kind of create a wider, wider sound with more reverb or further away, um, you want as many options as you can while you're recording so you can later decide how you want to position the listener. It's right. just really helpful. So, yeah. So that I mean that that also goes into the animation. Um, yeah. Scott Stafford says on this collaboration, and I'm quoting him: "Unlike live action, where you're working with actors and sets in music and in animation, you're creating stuff from nothing. You think in terms of loops." And in terms of audio-visual synchronization, and it's very non-linear, so there's a lot that those two uh, platforms have in common. Um, yeah, one of the things with the VR stuff, as far as music, is you think in terms of space and not linear time. Right. Like you want to mess around with how things are positioned around the listener in space and not so much like a progression of, um, of music. Right. Yeah. Not, a, not so much, you're not so much focused on 
okay, let's take this melody, then move it to this melody, and then da 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 da. You're more focused on experimenting with, or right now they're more focused on um, what new things can we do because we can move the instruments around yeah. and how does that affect storytelling? Um, um, the other but, thing they were talking about, the other thing is uh, what they call anamorphic sound uh, as a concept. It's kind of like um, how can you... So when you're listening to something in front of you, just with your ears... <laughs> obviously just with your ears <laughs> <laughs> listen I mean, with your eyes VR, virtual reality sense okay so Unless say you're, you're a person that listens with your mouth yeah say you're listening to something right in front of you but then you turn your head to the left it's not stereo anymore it's now mono because you're only listening with your right ear to that thing i mean your left ear is getting a little bit but most of it's hitting your right ear so you're perceiving so you're perceiving the sound in a different way and that's like um anamorphic sound that's like one of the things they're also playing with mm-hmm. is how does turning your head in the virtual reality space um affect what instruments you're hearing or how much of the instruments you're hearing or um who knows i don't know whatever you can think of to play with that uh anamorphic sound concept of turning your head and only hearing certain things when you're turning so it's there's a lot more possibilities than stereo which um can make a lot of problems also because <laughs> <laughs> you have more stuff to deal with but um yeah there's tons of room for experimentation and uh i it's really whatever you think of to try and yeah and yeah. see what happens. See what sticks. So, Mark, well, do you want to talk about the Within app? Okay, so the next one I want to talk about is it's called Reaps One Does Not Exist. It's a VR, like, beatboxing kind of thing. Um, it's a lot. Li- this one's live action, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough. Finally, a live action one. Um, so it was created by John Hendicott, who co-founded Aurelia Soundworks, and they're like a VR-based... Um, audio studio they specialize in vr um recording and mixing and really cool techniques um they do a lot of customized stuff for companies and everything and work with uh other vr companies and they do a whole lot of experimentation which is really awesome um so for this one this was like his i think one of his early projects they uh, composed this like beatboxing song specifically for VR. So with it in mind that they would um, record it in different locations with different like reverb tails and different uh, uh, different rooms. There's uh, ambient noises. So they go to like yeah ambient noises and stuff. Yeah. So like they go to the desert mm-hmm. um, at night in between or like on top of a whole bunch of rocks. That's cool. uh, in a small closet, in a church, in, uh, let me see, like a bedroom, in like an old factory, a warehouse, a, like a shed, a shed looking place, <laughs> a whole bunch of different areas. So 
And what they did was they filmed it all using like a, a Sony AR2 with a wide angle lens. And then they stitched all of the, the angles together. So it's, um, you can move around with the phone like in VR and everything. And this one's actually just on YouTube. Um, we'll put the link in the description, but the YouTube video, uh, it lets you move around. So it, you don't have to watch this one on an app or anything. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you want to like see, uh, a really good example of VR audio techniques and, uh, the visual techniques, you go to that one because it's the easiest one to watch. Um, so what you're, you're basically standing stationary. Uh, you can't move forward and back at all in the picture. Uh, so you're just turning around, um, looking at this, this beatboxer who pops up in different locations. And then there's some scenes where there's a whole bunch of copies of him around doing the different parts of the song. And, uh, so when you turn, you hear the different, uh, like the bass hits or the melody coming from him. And you can, uh, hear when he's behind you or when there's a double of him in front of you and then moves to the left and stuff like that. And then, so the really cool thing is, um, the audio changes depending on what space you're in. So like there's a, you're in the church, there's a lot of reverb and echoey and everything. Uh, so that was, that was kind of what they played around with, with this one. Uh, it was more of like a experiment in the audio where, uh, can you perceive all the sounds happening around you? And even though you're looking at a flat screen and when you turn, um, can you recognize that it's coming from that direction and that kind of thing? Right. Um, Mm. yeah. Yeah. So one of the, the ways they recorded this was like with the, the Ambio Sennheiser mic, I think. It might not have been that one exactly, but the same kind of setup where you have a bunch of little condenser mics um, pointing out from the center at different locations or pointing out toward the, uh, what am I saying? I don't know. You have a different, you the have microphones a are pointing of... outward. Yeah. A whole bunch of little condenser microphones from one point going out. Yeah. For any of you who have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. I think that's the best way to explain it. Yeah, basically like a kind of like a sound ball. Yeah, radiating from the center, like a you know if you picture a sun or something, and how it shoots heat out in different directions and everything like yeah. that. Imagine the sun being replaced by microphones. They actually have full sphere microphones where it's a sphere of microphones all pointing out. Yep. Um, yeah. So with that one, they use. Uh, the focus is mainly on the audio and the 360 world of audio and mixing that. And uh, I think, what is it? What did John, John Hendicott, the guy who, who did this one, he uses, um, he mentioned a couple plugins that he uses for the thing to do mix in 360. Uh, he uses plugins from Blue Ripple, uh, Ambisonics, by waves and um i think he works in reaper the daw program i think a lot of vr audio specialists use reaper it might be a little uh yeah it sounds like it can handle all those different tracks handle yeah a lot better than something like logic or pro tools 
Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, so he's that's a really good one to uh hear actually what VR audio does and explores right now. Yeah. Don't forget to listen to that one with headphones though. You gotta get yeah, full you need headphones for yeah. that. Because it's really creepy your, how your you buds. can tell yeah. the head the headphones will create the space and you'll be able to tell when something's behind you and it's really cool. It's yeah, it's kind of cool. Too. It's almost cool how close exactly you can pinpoint where he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just just by listening. Yeah, so the, the next one we want to talk about does kind of the same thing uh, where it's with an acapella group and a soloist and he's um, stacking his vocals around and they uh, the it's called uh, Alleluia. Yeah. It's as part of the Within app. And um, so it starts off with him singing like a solo verse of the song and then... Of the actual Alleluia song. Yeah. Yeah. And then more copies of him show up doing the acapella parts, the bass notes and the, mm-hmm. the harmonies and the percussive stuff. And oh, yeah, you wanted to play this song, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you told me to. <laughs> well, I heard there was a sacred chord. David played and he pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. The baffled king composed an alleluia. 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 Yeah, so that's basically the song. You get an idea of how it goes. And that one's you can really pinpoint exactly where you're looking and where the sound is coming from. So, and the interesting thing I noticed with this one is when you hear the sound or you hear it coming from a different direction before the visual of him comes up cuz in the beginning it's in a totally black space. Mhm. So you see him in front of you and then more copies of him show up. But first you hear the audio coming from those copies before you see it. So when you yeah. hear the audio, you like turn and then there's nothing there, but then he shows up mm-hmm. or he fades into the, into the frame. Which is awesome. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really trippy. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like, holy cow. I can't yeah. believe I could be able to do that in this virtual reality world. It's like, it's like, it, it's the next step for you to actually step into a whole new environment and kind of see this and feel it. Yeah, this is where the the audio side is really starting to explore what you can do with it and how far you can push a listener yeah. without making them sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, because which is always well, always the thing they were worried about, right? And seeing the visuals, it's cool enough, but without anything else to kind of, you know titillate your other senses 
that VR experience is lost. So having audio yeah, it doesn't mean as much. Yeah, it doesn't mean as much. So the audio plays a huge part in doing doing its job and and creating a VR experience for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by by the the middle of this uh this short there's uh copies of this guy all around you and they're all singing different parts of the of the choral arrangement and you can hear which one's the soloist and which one's supposed to be more prominent and then when you look in that direction he's a little bit closer to the mm-hmm. camera um but that was just a way they used to highlight the uh the solo parts are the parts you're supposed to listen to right now but you can focus on anything you want and when you turn to whichever direction you're looking at that's the one you hear the most kind yeah. of the most i don't know if it's more of a visual trick that you're feeling but um yeah yeah and then the final act of it is um him standing in front of a full choir and then you finally see the whole cathedral and um he's singing solo just him not more copies of him around you um and he's singing the part with the full chorus behind him and you yeah. can look up into the the balcony or, or the uh the tall cathedral ceilings and hear all the reverb and everything you look, can look all around you and the whole world of the the whole cathedral is visible and you can look any direction and the the sound the chorus will move opposite you know whatever direction they are compared to what you're looking at it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah and it's just a pretty song <laughs> yeah they they chose yeah, so a good that song they, for that one yeah that one they had a lot of different um microphones that they had set up to get whatever um possible inputs they might need later and then same thing with the cameras they use really um big cameras dslrs or yeah. lenses i think and they set it up so that they captured the whole cathedral right and then stitch it all together yeah wasn't it like a few hundred cameras and i think they, they pushed out did they push out like a petabyte of data yeah something like that i don't know it's it takes a lot of yeah. a lot of memory a lot of computing power mm-hmm. for these vr films which is part of the reason why they're so far they're only short films because um, they're also exploring like what kind of feature film you could do. And I think they even at one of the seminars, they even mentioned that like it will be or it is it's really close to being a possibility of like theaters full of people where you just I guess you use headsets. I'm not really sure what they plan to do, but to watch uh, a VR short Wow. So like, oh, no, no, a VR film, a full yeah, film. Yeah, VR film. So like I they guess said they were getting really close to that, or it does exist too already. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, that's pretty much an introduction to virtual reality and audio for virtual reality and some of the things that people are trying now. Um, it's still early, so there's a lot of experimentation, and you can come up with some really cool things. And it's something that Landon and I definitely want to dive into. Um, I mean, some of the popular devices out now are like the Oculus Rift, the HTC Vive. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, some of those are like really accessible and, um, like game virtual reality games are becoming more popular. Yeah. And even, um, Glenn Keane did a thing where he, 
painted in a VR program. He drew Ariel. So you like walk past her fins and everything and you, you can see Ariel drawn like 2D drawn in a 3D space. Um, wow. Well, I'll try to put a link to that in the video okay. or in the show notes, but it's really interesting too because of what it means for animation and storytelling and all kinds of visual media. Um, but the, especially the music side, um, like just exploring recording techniques, um, what kind of combinations of instruments you can use or... Mm how you place instruments around a listener and all yeah. that stuff like is going to make a difference. And how you would basically record those instruments too. Um, yeah. Capturing those sounds uh, plays a whole, I mean, capturing the sounds is a huge part of it. Um, yeah. That's why it's just really exciting that there's going to be so many different techniques to record these sounds and everything and what you want to do with those sounds Yeah, and how that affects the storytelling and mm. Yeah, because like we were thinking of a couple, well, like what we would do, and um, we would really want to like kind of do something that focuses on music, but places the listener in a situation that most people don't get the opportunity to hear. Like one of my ideas was uh, like from a conductor's perspective or whatever, or um, like sitting right next to somebody else playing an instrument. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And just, there's so many things you can do and so many things that we haven't even thought of yet to do with VR. Mm-hmm. And it's, by the way, it's we're going to be pretty exciting. We're copywriting and trademarking that idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Lana told me I shouldn't share that, but these are some of the things that we're like thinking of, like, yeah. what can you do with VR? Like, what does this mean? And um, if anybody's doing that, there's a lot you of know, people coming in on with it really cool we... ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, tons of tons of things we i'm sure we haven't even thought of to do yeah. with vr and it's really in the early stages and it's uh-huh. awesome to see what's going to happen it's like a whole I'm new excited. frontier so basically you could do whatever you want whatever you can imagine and anything goes there's no rules you like if you start doing something you're going to be that rule maker and who knows you your rules could be the ones that stand the test of time Mark's giving me a face like, Landon, what the heck are you talking about? But it's true. It yeah, is like, he's talking about, it's but... <laughs> like, it's like the new frontier. Yeah. Which is what I'm saying, except I'm saying it in a cool, I'm not being weird about it. I'm saying it in a cooler way. Nobody wants to hear like, whatever. oh yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want. But if you put it in context, like, yeah, it's a new frontier. It's the wild, wild west of music. Yeah. We're excited to see what happens, but check out those films that we mentioned. A lot of them are really inspirational and, uh, Definitely, if you haven't seen them, watch them on the apps and get -hmm. the full VR experience with headphones. Use the headphones because there's no point in watching a VR thing without using the headphones. You won't get the space. So do that. I just wanted to give a shout out to Google Spotlight Stories and Within App for, you know, doing all this cool stuff. This is really fun. And, you know, I'm glad you guys are doing it. Somebody's got to. Um, But with that said... I think that concludes our podcast for this week. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Thank and, you. Uh, hope you got something out of this VR episode. Uh, we were, I was really looking forward to talking about it. So, Thank you, guys, everybody, very, very much. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, you can check out our, our website at akiyamamusic.com. 
You can check out what our sound is, what kind of music we do, um, learn about our studio, learn about Mark and me. Uh, take a look at our blog. Our podcast is up there. And also subscribe to the newsletter if you want to get a little yeah. bit more information and a more more of us thanking you. Like We can't thank you guys enough for listening, taking the time, at least an hour of your day out to listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, all the other information we'll have in the show notes. So please stay tuned for the next episode, episode six. All right, great. All right, Mark, I will talk to you later. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye.